the Chicago Blackhawks have won the Stanley Cup and won the Stanley Cup for the second time in four seasons. The Chicago Blackhawks have won the Stanley Cup. What is up, everybody? This is Jack Bushman here with Tony Janaris for the 19th episode of Talking Hockey, but the first of the Blackhawks postseason. Tony, how are you doing tonight? Hey, Jack, doing pretty well. Feeling real good after last night. Oh, absolutely. Hard not to feel good today after the Blackhawks luck yesterday. Uh, today is Wednesday, April 12th, and this is the first episode since the Blackhawks were officially eliminated from playoff contention in the season. Came to a conclusion. Uh, even though that we knew that this Blackhawks team wasn't a playoff team for a long time. So recapping what me and Tony were just talking about, Blackhawks fans got to feel good about uh, having the 12th worst record in the NHL, but finding a way to sneak away with the third overall pick in the 2019 NHL draft. Tony, how great is that? That's just like you have to thank the hockey gods for that one. That's an act of God. It really, we were so worried for so long about the Blackhawks, you know, getting caught up in that tough limbo of not making the playoffs, but also not getting, you know, a top five pick, which was seeming very likely, you know, that's really where we thought we were, but bam, just like that, that picture leaked on Twitter. And I was like, what? I was freaking out. Yeah. (laughs) I almost thought it was too good to be true. And then (laughs) once I saw we were top three, I was like, oh my God, if we could snag top two, could you imagine having... (laughs) Capo Caco. Uh, yeah. I, I got greedy there for a second. <laughs> but honestly, 12 to third, I'll take that any day. Absolutely. We're, we're the steal of the draft right there. Uh, it had a, been, we had a 2.5% chance of getting top three, and we did. Yeah, that is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> so the uh, Hurricanes were the team that got the second overall pick last year after being outside the top 10, and the Flyers did it the year before. So this time the Blackhawks, thank God for us, get the lucky bounce. And uh, now we wind up with that third overall pick, and I think that's kind of a good way to start this episode off, Tony, mm-hmm. uh, by talking about who the Blackhawks should take with that third overall pick in late June. We kind of got it listed down to about five or six names. Uh, Vasily Podkolzin, Dylan Cousins, Alex Turcotte, uh, Kirby Doc, and Trevor Zegras are, you know, the five names that I've thrown around. And then uh, mm-hmm. the defenseman, I'm blanking on his name. Like Bowen uh, Byram. Just, yeah, Bowen Byram. Uh, you know, he's caught up in the mix as well. Not sure if the Blackhawks are going to go with the defenseman route, but mm-hmm. definitely still an option up there. Uh, and everyone, all, all those names have been thrown around Twitter and social media the last couple of days, and it's going to be hard to tell which one's going to have the best future in the NHL. So mm-hmm. it's really, really crucial that the Blackhawks take their time and uh, do a good job scouting everybody, uh, all those options the next, you know, month or so here while it's the off season. Yeah. Um, at this point, they have so many defensemen prospects that I believe they'll go forward heavy this draft. That's what I'm thinking as well. And I'm thinking with the couple of power centers that are uh, available, uh, I think if, you know, there's been rumors about Vasily Podkolzin potentially staying uh, in Russia for uh, finishing out his contract that he currently has with St. Petersburg or the KHL. Uh, he's been listed really as uh, kind of the third best player in this draft, Tony, but that's kind of been the worrisome uh, – or the worry about him is that uh, we're not really sure if he's going to jump to the NHL right away. Yeah, I feel like 
we really wouldn't be having that conversation if he wasn't under contract in the KHL. He's a he's a stud. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, he's only 17 years old, and he's already playing professional hockey for, you know, arguably the best team in the KHL. And, yes, doing that at 17 years old is not easy. And mm-hmm. having someone with that strong shot, uh, he's got a six foot one, 190-pound frame. So, always, uh, as a young kid, he's probably going to gain weight as he transitions to the NHL game. Right. And uh, one scout said that if the Blackhawks did select uh, Vasily Podkolzin with the third overall pick, it would be the Blackhawks' best prospect since Patrick Kane, without a doubt. So that just kind of hmm. tells you the level of talent that kid has. Yeah. I mean, if you've seen any type of highlights on him or any type of clips, you can tell he has talent. And the really the awesome thing about Podkolzin is that he's a sniper but he's not just a sniper. He could play all three zones really well, and he has the awareness on both ends of the ice that you really need in today's NHL. Um, That's what people have been saying about him really heavily is that he could play in all three zones, all aspects of the game. Yeah, uh, he, he really has the capability to be a top-line left winger for years to come. He's got that potential. It's just for whether sure. or not, you know – where he fits because of, you know, his future plan. He's only 17 years old and he'll be 17 until, uh, you know, after he gets drafted. So even if he does come over two years after, uh, you know, he finishes out his contract, he's still only 19, 20 years old. Mm -hmm. So you're still in good hands if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't sign for a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's a good problem to have, you know. That's what I'm thinking. And I think if he just does plan to come to the NHL as soon as possible, there's no way the Blackhawks can miss that. You know what I'm saying? Right. But if there's some lingering questions, I think it's possible that they go with one of the other guys we talked about. Yeah, I mean, if they really, if Stanbo really wants to push the envelope right now and try to squeeze out a couple more playoff appearances, maybe a Stanley Cup. Yeah. He's so also probably, trying to save yeah. his job. He's also yeah, trying to yeah. save his job. Win now mentality is the mentality with the front office. Yeah, with that in mind, he may have to go for a more NHL ready player at this time. That's what I'm thinking, and that's where we kind of get into the talks of someone like Dylan Cousins, who mm-hmm. is another name that has been thrown around a lot, and he seems to be a fan favorite, honestly, uh, yeah. due to the questions that are surrounding Pod Colson. Uh Cousins is 18 years old. He's six foot three, big kid. He's known uh, to play a strong 200 foot game. He's good in the faceoff dot, uh, and he also has been lighting up the WHL for the last couple of seasons. And like yeah. Pod Colson, he can play the PK and the power play. Yeah. So all in all, it's really not it's really hard to not like the sound of that. Right. If if he can be, you know, uh, a third line uh, you know, center of minute guy. Yes, absolutely. You know, that's what we need, some guy that provides sound down the middle for us and if you know he can translate his good face-off skills to the NHL level mm-hmm. that would just that would just be a bonus with the draft pick yeah I, I believe I just read his face-off percents are about 49 between 49 and 50 so that's, that's still room sign. to grow yeah, yeah still room to grow he's still 18 year old kid and um if that that would just be a, an asset you know going down the line uh he's got the offensive talent he's got 34 goals and right. 50 assists in 68 games this season and uh, so even that he's being thrown around in the mix for top three pick you know what kind of talent this kid has so if right. the Blackhawks do decide to go the Dylan Cousins route I think that still could wind up being a very good pick for the Blackhawks 
Yeah, I agree, definitely. And that also gives Stan Bowman more flexibility. I believe Cousins would come in right away, take an over Nisimov's role on the third line, and then they could just get rid of his contract and move forward. That would be something that uh, I could dream about. <laughs> Getting rid of Anisimov for a much cheaper, just younger stud. Yeah. That, that's like a ideal if we're able to, you know, shed that $4.5 million contract that Anisimov still has two more years on, unfortunately. Yeah. It, it's about that time. Anisimov just doesn't fit the current NHL. He's too slow. And, um, you know, having a guy that, you know, ha- can play a 200-foot game and provide that type of offense right. at the same time, that's just cr- going to add another uh, lethal weapon to the Blackhawks offense that has a lot of skill to it right now. Right. Yeah, it, really, this draft, I would consider it as a big step in the youth movement. Definitely, definitely. It's a lot of young kids are coming up. It's crazy looking at a couple kids that are still 17 years old. Yeah, and they're already so good. They're already better than the bottom six on the Blackhawks. <laughs> theoretically, <You know>? theoretically, <laughs> theoretically. But uh, it, it would be nice to see. I mean, not that they'd be, you know, better, but we'd rather have a guy like that in right. that situation for cheaper. You'd rather have that experience. You know what I'm saying? The upside for sure, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Let them grow at the same time while we still have a lot of good pieces around them to put them in good situations. Right. But but honestly, I do think um, if the Blackhawks do decide to pass on Pod Colson, that Dylan Cousins could be their guy. I, I think they could go that route. He's that's a big center. That's their safety net pick, yeah. That's what I'm saying. And I'm saying my sleeper for the third overall pick is Kirby, is Kirby Doc. He, he's mm-hmm. my sleeper pick just because – he is already six foot four, two hundred pounds as an eighteen year old. Uh, he's grown up playing center. He's been in the WHL for a couple seasons as well now. Uh, Twenty five goals, forty assists in sixty two games this season, and he's a big boy. Uh, he's not really known as a stick handler uh, or someone that plays with speed, which is kind of you know will be interesting to mm-hmm. see how he transitions to the NHL. But he does have a lot of size and skill. Six four, two hundred pounds at eighteen years old is ridiculous. <laughs> That's, That's a grown, a grown man. man. Yeah, grown literally man. same thing. That is a grown man. <laughs> and I was watching some interviews with him. He is a big boy. Yeah. He, he's, he's only going to get bigger and stronger, you know. Exactly. Exactly what I'm thinking. Uh, the only knack on him, as I said, has been that he isn't the fastest of skaters. Right. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't play uh, a cute game. He plays kind of a grittier game. But mm-hmm. And he's always been known as a past first guy, but. Uh, this season, he scored 25 goals in 62 games to boost that up a little bit. Uh, yeah. and, and he's been a point-per-game player the last two seasons for uh, – where, where has he been? I got this down somewhere. For, uh, Saskatoon Blades, the yeah. WHL. So he, he could be a sleeper. I think Dylan Cousins is probably the more likely candidate out of the two. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised if Kirby Doc is someone the Blackhawks have their eye on potentially. Yeah, plus he's still young. If he's playing alongside scorers on the Blackhawks like Cannon Dabrik and, and some of those guys, he's going to learn how to score. Exactly. And maybe being a gritty guy isn't the worst of things. Hence, you know, someone like Drake Kajula having success on the top line with the yep. Blackhawks this season. Imagine throwing someone with that same size that isn't afraid to throw his weight around that also has scoring touch and is 18 years old, you know. Right. It's, just, it's just ridiculous to think about the options that the Blackhawks could have with this third pick, really. Uh, yeah, I am honestly so glad we lucked into this 
yeah, it, it's it really is ridiculous. And there's there's still a couple guys we still have to talk about. One guy that's right. interesting is uh, Alex Turcott, who interestingly enough, I don't know if you know, he's an Island Lake Illinois native. Not sure if you yeah, I did that. know that. Yeah, kind of ridiculous. And he grew up playing for the Chicago Mission uh, local uh, hockey team before moving to the U.S. National Development Team for the past couple seasons. And he's yeah. he's actually really, really good. He, he might be the farthest away of the bunch from being NHL ready. He Yeah, I think he has the – he might have the most star potential. He really does because uh, last year when uh, Jack Hughes got moved up to the U18 team, Alex mm-hmm. Turkett was the one who jumped onto the U17 top-line center role. And uh, this this past season when he was playing for U18, he uh, missed the first uh, half of the season, a significant stretch with a hip injury, unfortunately. But yeah. he dominated uh, when he came back. He had like 32 goals and like 48 assists in 42 games or like in, something. In half of a season, basically. Yeah, in half a season. He was absolutely dominant. But uh, he, he's still uh, really young and uh, – he already has committed to the University of Wisconsin, which I feel like kind of tells you where he thought he was going to be. Yeah. Um, at, even though it's going to be his draft year, kind of tells you where he kind of thinks he is in the process. And, you know, college mm-hmm. hockey won't be a bad thing. It's not a bad thing yeah. for someone to go there and play a year there. Right. So um, no knack on that. I just think that it could be something that could hold the Blackhawks back from drafting him if he does want to go play one year uh, at the University of Wisconsin for sure, because that could just potentially mean – he transitions to the Blackhawks the next year. He could take a whole year in Rockford or something. Yeah. There you go. Alex Turka doesn't play until 2021. Right. Well, that that's okay, too, because – It is okay. That, yeah, that saves the Blackhawks from burning a year on his ELC. Mm-hmm. So that's not a really a big deal. I say that's kind of a benefit. Yeah. Um, I'm so just not it, sure if they're going to go that route. Yeah. depends how they look yeah, at yeah. it. It all depends on their angle. It gives them a little bit of time to actually see more of his game and to see if he can actually improve year to year. And he, if he can be that that next you know superstar center in the making. Yeah, because that's that kind of what he's hyped. That's kind of what he's hyped up to be. He's just you know a little inexperienced, and you know unfortunately he missed a significant chunk of his eighteen-year-old uh, season, his draft year, because of injury. Right. So there's just like kind of surrounding question marks about him. But overall, Tur- Turka is he's a great player. He has great vision, speed, passing. His he is good. He's a good playmaker. Yeah, he's a good playmaker. He, he, his uh, strengths are really his speed. He's got game changing speed, and he's able to make plays at a very uh, high level. So yeah, I think he would fit in really well with this roster. He he would. I feel like he could be another guy that's like uh maybe like a Dylan. Uh, he's not as big as Dylan Strom is, but. Someone mm-hmm. that could have that kind of uh, quick ability to move around with the puck. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how he develops for sure uh, in the next year if he does decide to go play college hockey. Mm-hmm. And then the last guy I want to talk about in the prospect pool is Trevor Zegras. He's the last of the five guys. Uh, I'm not sure if he would be selected by the Blackhawks. He's kind of been more around that six or seven range. Yeah, uh, just because he is underdeveloped, he's only 165 pounds. He's not a not a big kid yet. Well, so, Dan Bowman likes those guys, though. That is very true. That is very true. <laughs> we, we, I just feel like we got a bunch of them already. Yeah, we we need some. Kind you know of what I mean? Size like, we th- we throw out a power play that's got Patrick Kane, Alex DeBrinket, Trevor Zegras. You know, like it's like yeah, it's hard, hard to go in and get the puck. You, at some <laughs> right. point, at some point, you got to have some size out there. You know what I'm saying? You can't just 
get bodied out there constantly. He definitely is a very <laughs> good prospect, though. Strong two-way yeah. forward. He can play both center and wing. Uh, he, he's got pro-level mobility is what uh, I've read scouting reports on him uh, saying. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he kind of uh, has a little bit of an edge to his game, likes to get chippy and get under uh, his opponent's skin. Uh, so that, that's kind of interesting to see. He's like got that agitator role kind of uh, makes me think of like a Matthew Kachuk or somebody along that line right. that has skill that likes to, you know, kind of play with that edge and to get themselves going. It's not a bad thing. And not at all. And then he's got a, a good playmaking ability. Uh, he had 52 assists in 54 games for the national development team this season. So he good, is a yeah, playmaker good. for sure. Uh, and he, he's got fire to his game that, that not many do, uh, is what a quote I stole from the website, uh, pro hockey scout, I believe. Uh, I just feel like, you know, his frame, I'm just not sure if that's something the Blackhawks need to add, as I said, around yeah. Patrick Kane and Alex to in the offensive zone. But at the same time, a prospect 18 year old that had 52 assists in 54 games. There's obviously talent there as well. Mm-hmm. There's so many different ways that the Blackhawks could really go with this pick. I, I could really, you know, with with Stan Bowman, you never you never know. You got to sit, on, yeah. keep on the edge of your seat. <laughs> he might want another Swedish player. You don't know exactly. And honestly, <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. At the draft, at the draft last year, I wanted Evan Bouchard. I wanted Evan Bouchard. Really, yes. I, I well, I Adam Bokus was kind of the more unknown prospect. Yeah, and I, I and I knew of. Bouchard uh, being an alternate captain for London last year. He, he's back with London this year, obviously. He's defensive yeah. partners with Boquist, which is just stupid for them. Like That's a crazy Bouchard thing. and Boquist <laughs> as a deep pairing. But, yeah, I wanted Bouchard, and I was, like, a little salty that we took Boquist. I mean, obviously, that's not how I feel yeah. at all now. But, you know, at the same time, I just didn't think Stan Bowman was going to go that route. I thought, you know, Bouchard was a very experienced OHL defenseman on the London Knights team that, you know, Blackhawks have played for them. Patrick Kane right. played for them. I thought that was the route they were going to go, and they totally went the other way. And it mm-hmm. worked. It kind of it's worked out really well. I mean, Boquist looks fantastic. Yeah, he's developed really well. But what I'm just saying is that Stan Bowman and that front office, they really could go in any direction. And I don't, I don't feel confident in any of these guys right. that they're going to take, to be honest. Speaking of last year, since we were kind of talking about that a little bit, um, I actually wanted Oliver Wallstrom mm-hmm. or Quinn Hughes. I, I, yeah, I know I was in that same boat when Quinn Hughes got taken by Vancouver right before One us. Pick I ahead was of like, us, yeah. oh god, that would have been nice. And I thought they were yeah. going to take Wallstrom, honestly. Pure score, I did too. really good score. Um, I was kind of surprised they they didn't take him because of the lack of depth scoring, but. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, can't complain with Boquist. He's just lighting it up in the <laughs> OHL. That's a heck of a consolation prize. Exactly, exactly. So <laughs> hopefully, you know, the Blackhawks, hopefully get another prospect like Adam Boquist would not be disappointed <laughs> to have right. another guy with superstar potential like he does. Just I just hope they just make the right pick. Whoever whoever they take, it just works out. Works out the best. Yeah. We just don't need a, another Cam Barker with a third overall pick. Yeah, no, that would not be good. We would like another Jonathan Taze with the third overall pick. And <laughs> that could be that could be a Dylan Cousins. That could be a Dylan Cousins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I see some similarities in their game. Yeah, that 200-foot, good face-off man, big kid. It, it'll be interesting to see where route the Blackhawks want to go and uh, add to their current roster. Uh, mm-hmm. But moving on now from the 2019 NHL draft a little bit, which I know is kind of hard to do with all the hype currently going on. I'm still um, hyped. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I'm fired up. I'm going to be fired up all the way till June. 
Right. We got we got playoff hockey and then the draft right after. So I'm still excited. That's I don't know if I'm gonna be able to turn hockey season off until it's the fourth <laughs> of July. <laughs> that's that's okay though. Yeah, no complaints on my end. But uh, now we want to kind of move into a segment that uh, me and Tony have been talking about for a little bit now, which is uh, grading the Blackhawks' 2018-19 roster, you know, going through all the forwards, the defensemen, and goaltenders, and kind of uh, going over their season and uh, coming up with a, a grade that we both feel is accurate for that player. And uh, we're going to start mm-hmm. with the forward group, Tony. Uh, kind of an obvious first couple of two guys, in my opinion. But uh, we'll start here with Jonathan Taze. So Jonathan Taze's 2018-19 stats, 82 games played, 35 goals, career high, 46 assists, career high, 81 points, career high. Uh, another significant stat that I found was he had nine power play goals this year after he had two wow. last after he had two last year and six each of the three years prior to that. So wow. really good power play, uh, really good power play game from Jonathan Taze this season. And also he uh, averaged 21 minutes per game, which is a career high at 30 years old. He's never averaged wow. over, yeah. he's never averaged 21 minutes That's before. Impressive. And he was still 56.3% at the dot, which wasn't, you know, his best season, but 56.3%, you'll take that, no doubt about it. Right. So Tony, what, what do you got on your mind? What grade would you give Jonathan Taze? Jonathan Taze? After having two somewhat mediocre seasons back to back before this season, I would give him a solid A. I would give I gave him an A plus. I gave I yeah. gave Jonathan Taze an A plus right there. I think, you know, he's got career highs kind of across the board. Really not sure. I mean, hopefully he can hit this these numbers again, but thirty five goals out of Jonathan Taze is like a number you dream about. He he's not right. a forty goal scorer guy. He's never been that in his career. So 30 to 35 is what you want from him, really, in my mind. That's so perfect. this is kind of all I can really ask from Jonathan Taze. And hopefully, uh, as we grow as a team, he can continue to uh, play this same game, Tony. I think he had a really great offseason, and it carried over into the season. That's why the Blackhawks were kind of successful on offense in the power play. I think he was a big part of it. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Driving that top line. Uh, just being back, Brandon Saad did have a little bit of a comeback season, probably due to the play of Johnny. And, yeah. and really, Johnny, he kind of plays – he's always played the same game. It's just kind of like he was getting the results this season, which is just good to see. So hopefully he's got the confident mentality yeah. heading into this offseason, keeps the same routine going, and just, you know, keeps on trucking uh, once we hit next season. Right. Before this season, I feel like he kind of took over – a more of a facilitator role instead of a scorer role because he didn't need to. Absolutely. Because we had the depth. We had the depth around yeah. him. So he didn't have to be the main scorer guy. But now that with the team we got, we need Jonathan Taze to be producing offensively for this team. Right. So with that type of year, I think, you know, A, A plus, I think both are, you know, pretty good grades. Right. Moving on uh, to the second forward, we'll talk about Patch for Kane. 81 games played this season. Did miss one game, unfortunately. 44 goals, second most of his career, and 66 assists for 110 points. Both of those are career highs. And some numbers that really stood out to me that were two career bests were 35 even strength goals and 45 even strength assists. So he had 80 even strength points this season, Tony. That's crazy, you know, because we already thought, we already knew Patrick Kane was good, but he tapped into a new level this season. 
he was almost averaging a point per game without even power play points this season. That's how good he was for this team. He, yeah, right. He, he achieved a career high, even with a cold streak at the end of the season. That's exactly. Crazy. Exactly. That's how, that's how dominant he was and how, uh, how much he carried this team into, you know, the postseason race. Captain America. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, he, he also had a career high 22, uh, 29 average time on ice so averaging 22 and a half minutes per game just crazy from a forward uh he did have kind of his worst possession numbers of his career probably due to uh his lack of defense and you know kind of cherry cherry picking and trying to provide for this offense but with Mm -hmm. what he provides offensively so be it at the end of the day if he if he produces this kind of season every year the blackhawks are going to be in good hands if they can build around him so right the great i gave patrick kane uh Similar to Jonathan Taze, I gave him an A plus. What What do you think, Tony? Yeah, I I gave the Taze a solid A, and then I'm going to get him the A plus. Yeah, I got to with you know his efforts this season, playing defenseman minutes for an entire you know, season at 30 yeah. years old. Incredible. The most impressive thing I want to say about this his season this year is that he had different line mates constantly. Yeah, he he would make it work no matter if he was with. You know, Dylan Strom uh, and Alex DeBrinkett or with Anisimov and Cahoon. He was on the top line with Taze and Kajula. No matter what, he was making it work. He he was being the offense for this team. He was doing everything he could to, you know, try to get this team where we wanted to be. Right. You you can't ask for much more out of the guy. Exactly. And it was, it was tough to see him kind of run out of gas at the end of the season. He because was so tired. It, it was so obvious, too, man, yeah. because – you know, he, he just had to do Double so much shifting. for so long. And yeah, it, it just became apparent that we can't give him that type of minutes for a full season. And, you know, imagine if we do sneak in. You think Patrick Kane's going to be ready for a gruesome playoff series against, you know, a physical team like Winnipeg or Nashville or something? A seven-game series, no way. Exactly. Let alone two, three rounds. It just yeah. wasn't going to happen. So hopefully we'll be able to get some more solid pieces around guys like Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane. So we don't have to waste uh, career years any longer, Tony. Right. Well, we do have one of those guys, Alex, the He stepped up this season. That's who we were just about to talk about next going through Alex to He played a full season again, 82 games played second straight season. He's done that. He hasn't missed a game yet in his career, which is nice to see. That's great. And then obviously he posted career highs across the board as well. 41 goals, 35 assists, 76 points, established himself as one of the league's best snipers, uh, 13 power play goals. He led the team. That was 10th in the NHL uh, and only 15 penalty minutes. So he doesn't really get in the box too many times. And That's he, great. Yeah. he's a difference maker uh, really on the power play and uh, just playing with uh, talent in the top six. He's been fantastic. It was great to see him grow this season. Yeah. And, you know he's only 21 years old. He isn't even close to his ceiling yet. Not even close. He's not even going to be 22 until December. So he's going to play another half a season before he's 22, which is crazy to think. So, Tony, what what grade would you give Alex DeBrinca on the season? I would give Alex an A. I I agree. An A. I think the only reason that I couldn't give him an A plus was because at the end of the season he did fade a little bit. Yeah, and there did. there are. Str- there are stretches where he, he does go blank for a couple games, which, you know, is okay. He's still that's young. That's okay. Yeah. But uh, that's why I held back from giving him an A-plus like I did for Taze and Kane, just because, you know, he, he did score 41 goals, but he was definitely, you know, super hot for, a, you know, a 25, 30-game stretch. 
Right, and I think he found a really good home on that second line next to Strom. Absolutely, and now let's talk about his good buddy Dylan Strom here. He played 58 games with the Blackhawks this year, 17 goals, 34 assists, 51 points in 58 games as a Blackhawk. Love to hear that. Uh, he was a plus two. He averaged 17 minutes per game. The only really knack, the only real knack on him was uh, when he moved here, moved to Chicago. Only won forty four point nine percent of his faceoffs with the Blackhawks in those fifty eight games. Yeah, well, yeah, he did have a better percentage in Arizona, which is kind of weird. I don't know how that yeah, happens. It's but... kind of weird because he was playing way less minutes too. I mean, faceoffs are kind of a team stat at the same time. You know, there's a bunch of tie-ups. So maybe that's yeah. something the Blackhawks do need to work on as a team. And maybe that's why, you know, guys like Anisimov, Kruger, uh, Cam for all under 50%. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, you know, that's not really uh, – Dylan Strom had a fantastic season. I'm not really going to hold that against him. And he definitely still has time to grow as, you yeah. know, the second-line center. He could definitely still get better as a face-off man. So what grade were you thinking for Dylan Strom here, Tony? Dylan Strom – well, since we only got basically half a season, I'll give him an A minus. I give him a B plus. So we're we're thinking we're thinking similar here. I like it. Yeah. I, I give him a B plus just because uh I, I think that he needs to be better on the power play. He only scored three power play goals in those fifty eight in those fifty eight games. He had fourteen even strength goals, but only three on the power play. And, and he does that's, play that's he does play. Yeah, he does play significant uh, top-line power play minutes. He's, you know, that yeah. line usually plays for the full two. And the fact that he only scored three power play goals was a little bit concerning. And then that po- that face-off percentage, I think, you know, is the only thing. But besides yeah. that, he was fantastic. Great trade. Face-offs, yeah, that's kind of a con right now in the con list for him. Mm-hmm. But you can get better at that if you work on it. I exactly. He's work, still young. Work hard with Taze. He'll help you out. Yeah, he obviously knows what he's doing. He's been above 50% for his whole career. Yeah. You know? So he obviously knows some tricks. Uh, and uh, I'm sure he'll definitely be giving him some uh, some tips in their first offseason together, definitely. Right. And the reason why I really gave him an A- minus is because he scored 57 points this season, and the year before that he had nine. Yeah, that is that is true. That was a ridiculous jump from Dylan Strome. Definitely uh, getting the benefit of coming to the Chicago Blackhawks. Crazy to see how just a change of scenery can, you know, bring the best out of somebody sometimes. Yeah, I mean, chemistry, that that's, plays a bigger role than you think. Absolutely. And it's been very noticeable with him and DeBrinckit. They they played very well together. They, they Even when they're not, you know, producing every game, they're moving the puck well, usually, you know, below the goal line. They, they know where each other yeah. are. They're it's still noticeable. playing as a team. They're still – trying to stay positive on the plus minus. Exactly. So awesome to see Alex DeBrinkett and Dylan Strom have those type of seasons. Moving on to another uh, top six forward for the Blackhawks, Brandon Saad here. Uh, 80 games played for Saad this season, 23 goals, 24 assists, 47 points. He did have 12 more points this season than last season. That's uh, a nice boost. That is a nice boost right there. Uh, and he did hit, uh, you know, eight or nine goal posts a season. So he really could have been a 30-goal <laughs> scorer or just, yeah. you know, been closer if he had a little bit of puck luck. So that's one thing to keep in mind, or at least I did when I was giving him a grade. Yeah. But uh, he also was a minus nine after being minus 10 last season. And those two seasons with Chicago are the that's, only 
It's the only time in his career he's yeah. been a minus. So that's kind of concerning to see. That's because... kind of alarming because he's a two-way forward. Exactly, exactly. And he usually plays with Jonathan Taze. And Jonathan Taze, you know, isn't a guy that's a minus too often. So Brandon Saad, being a minus nine on the season after being minus 10 last season is a little bit of a red flag right there. Uh, yeah. And also Brandon Saad really was kind of eliminated from the power play game this season once we acquired Dylan Strom. Uh, he only had five power play goals, but he only had one after December. So he was kind of eliminated from the power play game, but he did have three shorthanded goals to lead the mm-hmm. team. So he kind of has a little bit of mix and match. You kind of got to take what you get from Brandon Saad. Uh, he only had 12 penalty minutes as well this season, so he doesn't get – good. stays out of the box, but only yeah. one power play assist all season. So what, what, are you thinking? what are you thinking for Brandon Saad? What would you give him on, uh, on the season? Brandon said he got back on track a little bit this season. So I would say I'll give him a B. I give him a B minus. So we're close. We're close once again. Uh, only reason I gave him a B minus was he had 47 points uh, when he was uh, in his 21 year old season. Yeah. That just kind of, that just kind of concerns me four years ago. He was getting the same amount of and points. He was a 20 in the plus minus too. That exactly. Season. Exactly. And it's not like he's not getting opportunities. He plays with Jonathan Taze sometimes. Like he, he plays in a top nine role with guys that he can't produce with. He did bounce around a little bit this season though. He he did. He did. That's for sure. He he played third line a little more than he definitely had in his entire career. Um, An interesting thing that, that I'm just looking at right now with Brandon Saad, his shot percentage is 11.8 and he hit so many posts. So imagine if he didn't hit that many posts. Yeah, it could be up towards, you know, 15 16% where he could start be, to get really yeah. good percentages at. He could be close to 30 goals probably. I really hope he just gets some puck luck next season and hits, you know, the 27 to 30 mark. That would be really – that's really what you want for the mm-hmm. money we're paying Brandon Saad. So. Yeah, he's getting $6 million. He has to earn it at some point. Exactly. So the B, B minus range, not terrible. Uh, hopefully next year he does get more up into the 50s in points. So that's kind of what we want to see from him. Yeah, I would say 50 is a good benchmark for him. Absolutely. And then moving on to another forward, Artem Anisimov. Artem Anisimov played 78 games this season. He had 15 goals, which was uh, his lowest as a member of the Blackhawks. Did have 22 assists to bounce back after he only had 11 last season, which is pathetic. So, so he had 37 points. Uh, he was a minus two, a number that stood out. He only had one power play goal this season, which was his lowest, a Blackhawk. Only a 10.6 shooting percentage, which was his lowest as a Blackhawk. And he only played 16-21 uh, per game, which was his lowest as a Blackhawk. Combine that with a 45.7% uh, percentage at the faceoff dot. Um, uh, it, I kind of – There's I'll, so many bad things you can say until you're just like uh, – I'm. I, ex- I know. <laughs> you know, there's so many things that just like – that broke the camel's back with Artie. <laughs> and it's just like once he has this no trade clause, can we please move him? I don't know who's going to be a sucker enough to buy him. <laughs> but Shirelli's yeah. gone. He can't do it anymore. Yeah, that's that's another thing that I'm questioning right now. Are they going to have to sweeten a deal to get rid of him? A thousand percent. A thousand percent. Uh, that's going to suck. He He's kind of like Brian Bickle. but Yeah. You know, and we had to give up Tavo Teravainen for him, and that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't want to think about that. You know, so it's kind of like, do we bite the bullet with Artie here, or what do we kind of do? It just It's an unfortunate situation. It really is. Yeah, 37 points in 78 games at 4.55 million. What grade would you give him for that? That's a C. 
I guess I said C minus. <laughs> yeah, he's not better than that. That's what I'm saying. That's very, very average. And yeah. he's not getting paid. If he was getting paid 2.5 mil, okay. Cut but it in half, four, yeah. That's what I was saying. 4.55 mil, he's got to be up in the 40s at least. He's got to be around 50. Yeah, 50. I would say. Well, He's got to be scoring 20 goals. Yeah, right. So his highest was 45 points two seasons ago. So Yes, so 45, 50. Yeah, 20, 20 goals. He's not a guy that racks up a lot of assists. He's not a good passer. He usually just yeah. gets assists by like pucks bouncing off him and whatnot. Yeah, the most assists that he has had so far is twenty six, and he had twenty two this season. Yeah, so he he did get his assist numbers up this season. Yeah, I know he only had eleven last year, which is dreadful. But Ugh. we do need we do need more out of him. And forty five point seven percent at the faceoff circle isn't good yeah. enough. So as, that's why a, I give him yeah. a C minus. As a third line guy, you're gonna need to get your faceoff percentage up. But he did have good possession numbers. Yeah, what was his uh, – What are you, which was are you looking at? Are you looking at Corsi or Fenwick or – I am actually looking at Hockey Reference right now. For sure, yeah. So I'm just looking at the total takeaways compared to giveaways. Okay. And so he had 50 takeaways compared to 14 giveaways. Not bad. Yeah, no, not bad actually. I would have expected that he would have had a lot more for – I swear all the times I saw him try to dangle through people. Every time – He's in the neutral zone. The puck he tries is going to dance. To the other team. He tries to dance and it never works. It's like, oh, are you? Can you just know yourself yet? <laughs> You're not a dangle. You're not Datsuk. Stop. Yeah, no, for real. So, <laughs> C, C minus. We're pretty much in the same yeah. ballpark for Anisimov. Moving on now to Dominic Cahoon. He played a full Ooh. season in his rookie season this year 13 goals, 24 assists, 37 points as a rookie. So, same uh, amount of points as Anisimov. But he was a plus 10 as well with only six penalty minutes. Uh, and he also had some really good possession numbers as a rookie. So that's mm-hmm. that's impressive as well. Yeah, I mean, I really loved what I saw from Dominic Cahoon in his first season. Um, this was his first season with North, North American Hockey, right? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. So he transitioned more well. Impressive. Played a full season this year. And he really yeah. does look like he could be a top, uh, top, top nine forward top in the future. Nine. Yeah, I if you could get one of these guys as a center in the draft as like a doc or a, yeah. one of those other guys we were talking about cousins and you pair him with Cahoon, that's a good pairing. Maybe Brandon exactly. got against on the other side of them. That's a great third line. Yeah, it is a good third line. There's, there's skill there. There's some grindiness along the boards. Um, I really do like what Dominic Cahoon brought in his rookie season this year. Uh, honestly, I gave him, I gave him a pretty good grade. What'd you give him? I gave Dominic Cahoon a B plus. I gave him a B. I gave him a B. So he looked really good uh, on that second line with uh, Dylan Strom and Alex DeBrinket there for a bit. He also, you know, he also, uh, as we said, he can play on the third line, uh, you know, with Brandon Saad. He played there with Kane for a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. So he can kind of go up and down the lineup. Early on in the year, he was playing with Taze and Saad on the top line. So He was that first line guy for a while, yeah. He was for the first probably like 20 games of the season or so. So he, he can be slotted up and down the lineup, which is impressive to see from a, a rookie in his first year of, you know, kind of foreign ice. Yeah, especially considering this is his first season in North American ranks. Yes, you yes. Can't, you can't knock it. Absolutely. And he's going to, on that, uh, you know, entry-level contract mm-hmm. for, uh, till the end of next season as well. So we get another year of seeing uh, what he can bring to the table before we – 
give uh, give him a contract extension, which is, you know, at this point likely going to happen with what we saw from him as a rookie. Right. So, yeah, Dominic Cahoon, hopefully he can keep up more of the same next season, get up to that, you know, 45, 50-point mark in his sophomore campaign. Hopefully that'll happen. Yeah, I think he'll be closer to – uh, well, he's 37 this season, so... 37 is rookie, I said 45-ish. Yeah, 45, that, that's reasonable, I would say. That would be a good goal. He's a more he's more of a playmaker, so he'll always probably get more assists. Absolutely, absolutely. He's not a big-time goal scorer, but he, he's good on his edges. He's good at finding people in the offensive zone, like pulling up and finding the open man. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be fun to watch him grow uh, into, you know, hopefully a top-nine forward for the future. And now moving on to someone that could be, uh, you know, in a bottom six role for the Blackhawks next season as well. And um, the first guy that's a, a free agent this upcoming offseason, David Camp, 63 Camp. games played. Yes, Camp for this past season. 63 games, four goals, uh, 15 assists, and 19 points. He did have four goals in 46 games last year for the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. So the same amount of goals in 63 games this season. But he did have a little bit more assists. Uh, but unfortunately for what he kind of is, he was a minus six this year on, yeah. on that, you know, third, fourth line center role. So, I mean, not a lot of talent around him for right. him to produce offensively. So kind of have to take what you can get from that number. You can't really, you know, right. think too much about it. But but for the money, he's he plays a good role. Exactly. He, I think he's someone that could be a little bit cheaper. Uh, Marcus Kruger. Yeah. In, in his rookie year last year, he was a 53% faceoff man. So he showed some potential that he could be good, but this year he dropped down to 45. So mm-hmm. I think he's someone that potentially signs a one year extension as an RFA this year. Kind of like a prove it deal. That's what I was thinking. What, what are you thinking? You think they bring David camp back? Yeah, I, I would definitely like to have camp back, especially since I really don't want Kruger back. Take Kruger's spot. Yeah, I don't think Kruger's. I don't think Kruger's coming back. So and and uh, David Camp, he uh, played sixty three percent of his zone starts were in the defensive zone. So he's someone that has played in the defensive zone a lot the last two years, just like Marcus Kruger had. And for the money that Marcus Kruger, it can't get any worse this year. You know, like we literally had the worst penalty kill ever. It can't get any worse. So I think another one-year cheap deal with David Camp to kind of prove himself wouldn't be a bad thing, Tony. Yeah, I think that that would be very beneficial. Um, he's a good minutes eater. Kind of see how he plays with uh, some different fourth liners this year, not, you know, Chris Kunitz. Right, an see actual fourth liner, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think a one-year deal is uh, likely in his future. What grade would you give David Camp for his past season? Four goals, 15 assists, 19 points. You know, defensive guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm probably gonna go with uh, a C plus. That's exactly what I gave him as well. I gave David Camp a C plus. I think you know he did his job decently. He's still young, and hopefully there's just a little bit more to him. He doesn't really do anything great, but yeah, hopefully he just kind of grows into that you know fourth line center guy for a, a cheap price. Yeah, I could see that. Absolutely. And then another guy who uh, is going to be a free agent this upcoming off season, Brendan Perlini. He played 46 games with the Blackhawks this season, 12 goals and just three assists in 46 games, 15 points. And he was a minus 12 and had 20 penalty minutes in just 46 games. So there is, you know, we, we've seen the upside with Perlini, but there are question marks surrounding his game. Mm-hmm. And, and in 68 games last season, including his time uh, with the Arizona Coyotes, he only had seven assists in 68 games last season for yeah. just 21 points. That That's kind of concerning considering he was a 
first round pick and like supposed to have great potential. Absolutely. One thing that kind of did catch my eye about Perlina though was the Blackhawks were reluctant to give him power play time all season. They right. never threw him on the second power play unit. He had zero power play points in 46 games for the Blackhawks. Uh, but he did have a career-best 15.6 shooting percentage this season. So it shows that when he gets open and finds that open area, he can yeah, be spot. lethal, and he can score goals. We've, we've seen that from him. And, yeah. Uh, he only averaged 10.36 vice time this year. That's a career low by far. It's a minute fewer than his career low previously. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, – I, I think I hope, at least I should say, we bring Brennan Perlini back. I think he's someone – that could be a cheap re-sign just because he did only yeah. have 15 points in 46 games for the Blackhawks last season. That's a re-signing that the Blackhawks could basically take advantage of because he didn't really perform. Absolutely. So I would say definitely bring him back. Um, I would, wouldn't overpay him, though. I would say maybe it's going, 1. Yeah, 1. It's, 5 mil. Yeah, 1. Point, like 2, two yeah. I think, yeah, right around there, the 2 mil mark. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see what teams offer sheet him, you know, see if the Blackhawks want to match yeah. that. Exactly. So um, what, what would, would you, you give Brendan go? Perlini? It depends on the price. That's right. what I'm going to say. That's yeah, what I'm going to say. It depends sense. on the number. Uh, I, I would I would like to keep him around. I think there's a little bit more to him than we've seen. I think he needs a little bit more ice time to show what he has. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he's got to be more consistent. Uh, I don't know. What, yeah. grade would you, what grade would you give Brendan Perlini for his 46 games with the Blackhawks? I would say it's kind of tough because he's I know so he's a tough one. Absolutely. Um, let's see. I would say C plus. I gave him a C plus as well. That's literally exactly what I gave him. So <laughs> we're, we're, we're well. on the same page. I know. I know. It, it, he's shown that he he's shown glimpses, but he's got to do it on a more consistent margin. There were too many times this year where he had no points in like right. ten games which just isn't acceptable for a former first-round pick. super streaky. Exactly. He's shown, though, that uh, when he plays with the right guys, he can produce. He was good on that second line when that second line was rolling. Exactly, yeah. With Stroman to Brinkett, they have that chemistry. And Perlini, he's, he's more of a goal scorer than a playmaker, so he does, yeah. need, he does need to play with guys that can put him in good spots, and I think that's kind of where we saw him at his best this past season. So I think C-plus is a, is a fair, fair grade for Brendan Perlini. Right. Plus – he was also being scratched and like rotated on the bottom six, fourth line. So I think next season, maybe with a, a fresh start in the off season and a full training camp, we could see more out of him. I agree. I agree. Moving on to someone that we're going to see more of definitely next season, Drake Kajula. We saw just 26 games of him as a Chicago Blackhawk, but man, was he something. He had five goals and seven assists. So 12 points in uh, 26 games. He was plus three. Uh, 56 hits in 26 games, averaging 16 minutes. Looked really good on that top line, and he was really noticeable most nights. Would you agree? Absolutely. And you know the biggest thing? He was noticeable when he wasn't on the ice when he was hurt. Yeah, I know. Drake, We it was noticeable that we missed him. Yeah. We, that top line had been performing so well with Taze and Kane in him, and then as soon as, you know, he kind of got injured, that, that – uh, you know, offense really cooled yeah. off at an unfortunate time. That was such a trickle-down effect that it was crazy to see. It really was. It really was interesting to see a guy like Drake Kajula can affect an offense like that, but he provides more than just the points and, uh, you know, the stats that, that get, you know, chalked up. He mm-hmm. really is the the gritty forward that can kind of handle, you know, any aspect of the game. Physical, he got in a fight for, uh, you know, his teammates' his, like fifth game as a yeah. Blackhawk. 
Uh, and he produced, you know, a decent amount of points, 12 points in 26 games, not bad. So it's going to be interesting to see Kajula for a full season next year. What do you think? And what would you give Kajula for a grade this, this year? Kajula, I'd say C plus, and he could, he could have a better grade next season. I gave him a, I gave him a B minus. I, I did give him a B minus. I thought, I thought he was effective and as an agitator role, mm-hmm. uh, he he did uh, kind of miss out on some opportunities that I would yeah. like to see him finish, and hopefully he does uh, exactly that next season. It'll be interesting to see where the Blackhawks want to uh, put him long term. Yeah, I, for a fit uh, in the Lions, I would say he's probably a third liner, but he could play the second line too. He's someone that could just go up and down. Yeah. It depends on it depends on what kind of game you're trying to play that night, you know. Right. So, yes, I'm very happy that Drake Kajula is a Blackhawk next season. Hopefully uh, he plays well and will sign an extension with us because I love what he brings to the table. We kind of need, need that type of player in our lineup. Right. They, the Blackhawks really had, had no grit to their game at all. They really missed that Andrew Shaw type of player. And he kind of provides that. Exactly. Drake Kajula is Andrew Shaw 2.0. I think he's way more talented than Shaw was. I, I agree. I agree. I think he can. I think he could have a lot of success uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks in the full season. Uh, moving on now to oh, just kind of cringe seeing his name, Marcus Kruger here. <laughs> Seventy-four games played for Krugs, four goals, eight assists, twelve points. He was a minus two uh, and had thirty penalty minutes. A poor shorthanded play. He had a poor shooting percentage, five point four percent. Averaged a career low in time on ice, 10, point 20, uh, 10 minutes, 25 seconds. And it was his worst face-off season since 2012-2013 at 48%. So, really, <laughs> yeah, not nothing really too great about no Krugs this season is. here. Yeah, he provided little to no offense and didn't help uh, an awful PK much. So, I really didn't hold back on my grade with Kruger. I gave him a D. Yeah, he was he was a D, and that that's being generous. Honestly, it was being a little and generous. And how many games really did he didn't play? Do shit. He played 74, played 74 uh, games, and he only had 12 points. That's surprising because I didn't notice him at all in any of those games. That, <laughs> that's <laughs> what I'm saying. And he's a guy in the past, when he was younger, he scored 20, 22 in his career high 20 is 28. Yeah, his career high is 28, 28 yeah. so him him, boost, boost, uh, him boosting out 12 is just not acceptable, no. especially for what we're paying him. So he is going to go this offseason. I think a D is a fair grade. I don't even really want to talk about him anymore. Yeah, I think terrible. we pretty much said all we need. Yeah, yeah, we did. We he's in the past now, Tony. We don't want to bury where, him where he should be. <laughs> uh, moving on to a, a Chris, another fourth liner, Chris Kunitz. Kunitz, uh, fifty-six games played this season, five goals, five assists, ten points, career lows across the board. Another interesting stat about Kunitz here, though, uh, he was a minus twelve this season, uh, or a minus seven, I should say, excuse mm-hmm. me. But it was his first uh, season as a minus in the NHL. Wow. In his That's long kind of career, impressive. he's never, never been a minus until yeah. his time with the Blackhawks. Wow. That's, <laughs> Poor that's pretty crazy, yeah. I, well, I wonder if he regrets coming here. <laughs> I don't think so, just basically for family reasons. Yeah, he does have family ties here, but, yeah, that, that's just an unfortunate he really potential did, last did season. Scratch. He kind of got crapped on, I'd say. He only played 56 games, so that's kind yeah. of tough. He did have decent possession numbers for, you know, being used mostly in defensive situations with, like, Kruger and Hayden. But right. uh, he, he did have more points than John Hayden did this season. So uh, what would you give Chris Kunitz? Kunitz, I mean, can't really knock him. I, I'll say C-. minus. 
I said the same thing. I, I was just like, yeah, you're, you're whatever. I he really is. didn't like him heading into the season, but he kind of grew on me. He was decent at the end of the year. He he could cycle a little bit well. You could see that. Yeah, on, he, a, on a better team, he would probably be all right, you know? Yeah, he played nine minutes. He, exactly. I think that was kind of fair. That's about his range. Yeah. And then looking at another fourth liner here, John Hayden, he had 54 games played, so just two games less than Chris Kunitz, and he only had three goals and two assists uh, for five points, obviously career yeah. lows. Corey Crawford had more assists than he did. Uh, and Hayden was a minus tw- <laughs> Hayden was a minus twelve, and he only averaged nine ten of ice time. Ooh, he, did- he he was a minus twelve in fifty four games. Come on, yeah, that, that's rough. He did have ninety seven hits in fifty four games, but mm-hmm. he just was not good this season. I know a lot of guys know. wanted yeah. him in the lineup more often, but he really did not impress me at all this season. He didn't earn anything. He, he which lost. was kind of disappointing he because I really spot. I really yeah. do I really do like him, but he just doesn't do anything offensively. I like his physicality and his effort level, but yeah. He's got to do something for us a little bit more than that. What well, what would you give John Hayden? John Hayden uh he was he was another kind of a career grade I would say. He's a D. I gave him a D plus, so that's yeah. fair. I'm we're we're on the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, now moving on to the last forward, uh, Dylan Sakura, 33 games played, no goals, eight assists. He was plus two. He didn't have any penalty minutes, but he also didn't have any power play points. He didn't really get any time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he averaged 11-17 a time on ice. He didn't really get the power play time or uh, enough minutes with top guys, but he did get an opportunity yeah. with Jonathan Taze at the end of the season, and he had a plethora of good opportunities and couldn't find the back of the net. That was so, so frustrating. I kind of had a tough time grading Dylan Secura and or kind of judging what he is. Yeah. He might be a guy who needs to play with uh, some good players, kind of like Perlini. Yeah. But I think he's someone we do need to bring back just because of his youth. And he's, he does play well when he's in the AHL, which is so frustrating. That's so, so frustrating. That's, that's like, do you remember Brandon Perry? Absolutely. That's who he reminds me of. Brandon Perry just lights it up randomly when yeah. like, no one expects him to. He goes to Vegas and he just goes on a tear. Yeah ridiculous but, but yeah hopefully Secura can just translate it to the NHL level what would you give Dylan Secura uh, it's, it's so tough because he did run a lot but he did get great opportunities he didn't capitalize on um I'll do C minus because he had good possession numbers he did have good possession numbers I gave him a C for kind of the same reasons he was in the right areas just didn't really have any puck luck yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, a full season, he's he's going to strike his first goal, hopefully early on next year. He needs to. Absolutely. Just, you know, hopefully and then the, the dam breaks and the <laughs> river floods and the yeah. floodgates open. Hopefully where, that will happen. Where would you put him next season? Which line? I would maybe like to start him on the top line with Jonathan Taze maybe. See what he does. See what he does early on in the year. But I could also see him – also on the third line with yeah. maybe Cahoon and, you know, maybe a center we draft. draft. Yeah. Yes, we were thinking the same thing. Yeah. So it could go a lot of different ways with Secura. I just don't think he's going to be a guy that has success on the fourth line. He needs to be playing with Secura. No, he's not a fourth line guy. He's too small for that, I would say. Absolutely. So there we have it with the Blackhawks forward group. Now moving on to the defensemen here real quick. We'll start with Eric Gustafson. Eric Gustafson played 79 games and had 17 goals and 43 assists for 60 points was, uh, you know, one of the best uh, offensive producing defensemen in the entire NHL in the second half of the season. 
But we do know the questions about uh, his play in his own zone. He was a minus six on the season. Yeah. Uh, he did average 22 and a half minutes per game. His previous career high was 18 and a half. So he is making significant strides, but he needs to have better possession numbers for all his time he spends in the offensive zone. But you exactly. can't, you can't not be happy with what he produces offensively. Uh, 18 power play yeah. points this season. But he did have 34 penalty minutes. He needs to stay out of the box and be a more consistent defender if he wants yeah, to be a top four if, guy. If you're if you can't play defense, stay out of the box. Absolutely. So <laughs> you, you can't be putting, especially when we have a terrible penalty kill. Yeah, can't be, you're not can't be doing that at all. No. So, so Eric Gustafson really, really going what, from 16 points to 60. That's ridiculous. I know. What, what would you give him? I would say he's. He is not a two-way player, so I'll give him a B plus. I gave him an A minus. So yeah. I, I think just the significant jump he made in time on ice and offensive production. Can't not be happy with it, but right. we still we still we know what we need to see him grow and improve yeah. on. Pair and him, time will tell with that. Pair him with the right guys, aka Murphy. Yes, that hopefully Gustafson becomes a little bit better defensively this offseason and can play, you know, twenty, twenty one minutes with mm-hmm. Connor Murphy next season. That would be a pairing that I would like to see, definitely. Yeah. Uh, moving on to another defenseman here. We'll start with Duncan Keith. Duncan Keith did play a full season this year, 82 games, which is good to see him do. And maybe mm-hmm. he shouldn't have. <laughs> right. Uh, but he had six goals and 34 assists for 40 points, which is the same amount of points uh, he had in the 2012-2013-2014 uh, season. So he still provides some offense to this team, and he was a team best plus 13 on the season. But he also had 70 penalty minutes, which is dreadful. Yeah. And he had, he had no power play goals and just three power play assists. So we need him off the special Why teams. Why is he out there? Yeah. Exactly. We, the Blackhawks need to be wiser in their usage of Duncan Keith. Put Perlini out there instead. Exactly. Give, you know, we don't need him and Seabrook out there at the same time. Give someone who actually wants to shoot the puck, mm-hmm. you know, ice time and power play time. Yeah. Uh, he averaged, this is, was crazy for me to, when I saw this, he averaged a career low 2301 in time on ice this season. That's Duncan Keith's career low. And that's a low. That's his career low. He averaged, <laughs> yeah. he averaged 23, he averaged over 23 and a half minutes his rookie and sophomore season. Yeah. That's, that's kind of ridiculous. But so that just kind of shows you testament to him, though. Absolutely, he's a workhorse. But that also, at the same time, shows you what kind of mileage this, this dude has yeah. on his legs. Here, he's been you know playing top minute defense defenseman minutes since he yeah. literally was a rookie. So it's kind of understanding why we've seen his dip in production and dip in you know ability to play strong defense in front of his own goalie. Right. We just can't be giving him those type of minutes anymore. And I hope next no. year he gets closer towards the twenty minute mark. Yeah. Um, he was still effective in a limited role, but, you know, we need to see less of him if we're going to be a better team. He had good defensive metrics overall, though. He's never had a sub-50 course in his career, which yeah. is something that's interesting to me. He's always, you know, helped out the offense or done his part, you know, at least. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. a full, complete stat, but. He's, he's um, a triple-digit shot blocker every season, basically. He, he, he does, even when, you know, it's a down year, as we would say, about his play likely. He still does, you know, he does. He was probably our best defenseman this year in the defensive zone, which, you know, doesn't yeah. really say much, but he probably was besides Murphy. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Uh, what would you give Duncan Keith? Duncan Keith, um, 
he was a little better than last season, so I'll give him a B. I give him a B minus, so I think it's fair that, yeah. you know, we can't expect too much out of him at this point of his career. So I think he was decent this season, and hopefully we'll have the right pieces to play him last next season. Yeah, I agree. And the same story goes with our next guy, Brent Seabrook. 78 games played this season, five goals, 23 assists, 28 points. He was a career worst minus six, which, you know, isn't crazy bad, but it, he, mm-hmm. it was a career worst. Uh, he's minus six on the season, 41 penalty minutes. That definitely needs to go down for Seabs. Yeah. But he was fourth in the NHL in shot blocks with 180. So in That's 78 crazy. games, he had 180 shot blocks. So about two and a half a game was significant. But he does need to stay off the PK. He he was really trouble in front of his goalie from game one to game 82. Yeah, you you can tell he obviously lost maybe a step and a half out there. And and what was crazy about it too was he, he averaged a career low 19 minutes of ice yeah. time this season, and he had never averaged below 20 in his career. So, like, yeah. it dropped significantly this season, and he still looked gassed out there. Yeah, I know. You, you kind of noticed that trend last season too. Yeah, we got to definitely still play him less than 19 minutes. It wasn't good enough. He had the worst possession. He had some really bad possession numbers this year. and Horrible giveaways, yeah. For, for some reason, he had the second highest defensive zone start percentage of his career, which just cannot happen. He, he like yeah. started like 50% of his zone starts were in the defensive zone, which was the second most of his career. It just cannot happen at this point of Brent Seerich's career. We got to use him wiser than that. Yeah, he, he really doesn't have too much tread left on the tires, so use it wisely. What would you give uh, Brent Seabrook this season? Brent Seabrook, um, you know, he, he wasn't bad. He blocked a lot of shots. He hit a lot of people. Um, he's just slow. I know, he's so <laughs> slow. I, I would say same as Keith, a B. You gave him a B. I was a little harsher than you. Uh, this was the first one we kind of disagreed on. I gave Seabrook a C. Yeah, I, I was kind of between a B- minus and a B. Probably closer to a B- minus would be more accurate. I, I could understand. I mean, he was a great shot blocker. Yeah. And, you know, if we probably had better pieces around, we probably would be, wouldn't be talking about him the same way yeah. we are now, you know? But uh, I, I think it's just kind of sad to see him play like this. It's just discouraging, honestly, because I yeah. loved Subrick for so long, and he was the heart and soul, did everything, Mr. Overtime in the postseason, and now it's just like he's just dreadful. Father time is undefeated. It's rough. It's <laughs> rough. But like I said, he had never averaged below 20 minutes in his whole yeah. career. Even as a rookie, he had been playing significant minutes along with Duncan Keith his whole life. And he played a bunch of Olympic hockey, you know, mm-hmm. almost a whole nother season and a half of postseason hockey. Yeah. So there's a lot going on there with Brent Seabrook that, you know, is the reason why he's playing like yeah. he is right now. That's, so You have to really uh, take that into consideration how much hockey these guys have played. It's ridiculous. They've played 82 game seasons every year besides the lockout season. Playoffs, seven game series. Um, Over 100 playoff yeah, games. International hockey. It's ridiculous. Olympics. Yeah, training. You know, it's yeah. a lot. It's a lot of, a lot of mileage on those boys. So I, I do understand why there's a yeah. dip in production. It's just frustrating when we don't have any solutions for it and we have to watch it yeah. for an entire season, you know, when which is what we had to do this year. Yeah, you're kind of screwed. And, and, yeah, and hopefully this next guy is one of those uh, replacements. Connor Murphy, a really, really strong season. 52 games played, five goals and eight assists for 13 points. Not known, you know, as an offensive guy, though. But he had a career best uh, plus – he was a plus 12, which was a career high. 
One thing he did struggle in, though, he had 40 penalty minutes and 52 games played, and he didn't get in a single fight. So he struggled to stay out of the box this season. But that was the story of our defense. Mm-hmm. I swear to God I said that about Gustafson, Keith, yeah. and Seabrook. So we need to do a better job to stay disciplined if we're going to have, you know, a terrible penalty uh, Yeah, kill. I agree. I feel like Connor Murphy was one of the more consistent defensemen, though. So I really like that. No, absolutely. The only real uh, bad thing I had to say about the guy yeah. was the 40 penalty minutes in 52 games. Besides that, he was really solid, averaged 19 and a half minutes per game, second high of his career, and he had pretty good uh, possession numbers despite playing in the defensive yep. zone often. So for Connor Murphy, Connor Murphy, what, Connor would, what Murphy, would you give him? For only playing 52 games, I give him a B+. I give him the same thing, B plus. He really has established himself, I think, as a you know a top four defenseman in the future for this team, which is yeah, what we really a, need from him. Future piece of the defenseman core. Yeah, I thought this was a really really strong season for Connor Murphy. Um, probably his best as an as a yeah, NHL funny, defenseman though, coming into the season. I really was not a Murphy fan. I wasn't sold on him yet either. I wasn't I wasn't sure. He had played the left side. He had played the right side. I wasn't sure if he was ever going to be a consistent defenseman. He had a lot of ups and downs last season. So, really good to see him solidify himself as a member of this defense. Definitely turn around the in the span of a year for sure. Absolutely. I think he's changed a lot of people's opinions yeah. on him too, which is good. Uh, moving on to another defenseman, Gustav Forsling. In his third season of NHL hockey, he played 43 games. He had three goals and six assists, so just nine points in 43 games, and he was also a minus nine with 30 penalty minutes in 43 games, Tony. No. Not that impressive. when you see him out there and he's just like in the defensive zone just coughing the puck up constantly. Absolutely, and what he's known for is kind of his offensive upbringing and his speed and skill he can provide to carry the Mm -hmm. puck out of the defensive zone. And it's discouraging when you see him have a, a copious amount of turnovers and he doesn't provide anything to the power play, no power play points. Uh, he really struggled this season and he just has not looked comfortable at the NHL level, level yet. And he's going to be yeah. 23 heading into next season. So I'm not really sure what to make of Gustav Forsling uh, being a free agent Honestly, this season. I'm okay if they let him go or if they send him and send him to Rockford. Blackhawks Nation was fine with I letting him go. Poll. I ran a poll on him, and they were perfectly they were perfectly fine with letting Gustav Forsen go. I was like, yeah. damn, he's 22, but I could understand he, why he y'all are guests. He has played 122 <laughs> games in three seasons, so I think we may have seen what he actually has to offer. That's what I'm seeing. He just he he. I just feel like he's a little yeah. kid. I feel like he gets bullied. Like he just does not look comfortable in his own zone not able to skate the puck out with confidence, and he just hasn't been providing offensively uh, as, as right. we've expected him to, especially yeah. in year did, three. Did you see how many penalty minutes he had this year? Yeah, yeah, he had 30, 30 penalty minutes in 43, 43 games. games. as a defenseman, come on. that That's yeah. rough, and he's going to be 23 heading in next season, three full years. What what grade would you give Gustav Forsling in his third NHL season, Tony? C-minus. I said the same thing. I said C minus. I gave him a C minus and I'm not sure if they're going to bring him back. I think, I think they will, but I wouldn't be surprised if they don't, but there's, they signed Dahlstrom already. So they might, but they have a few guys in Rockford that could take a spot. That's what I'm saying. He he could be someone that's replaceable. He he might be replaced by uh, Yoki Haru, I would say. Yeah. Someone like Yoki Haru, maybe Chad Chris. So, 
it's going to be interesting to see if the Blackhawks do bring back Gustav Forsling, um, what role he'll be in to start the yeah. season next year. Uh, moving on to another defenseman, uh, Carl Dahlstrom. Carl Dahlstrom had 38 games played, no goals, six assists, so he didn't provide much offensively. But he was a plus nine and only had six penalty minutes, and he averaged 18 and a half minutes uh, of ice time per game as a rookie, which is somewhat mm-hmm. significant. Uh, he did have some poor possession numbers and some bad high yeah. danger chances allowed, like really, really bad. But he definitely still needs to grow to be a full-time NHLer. But he, he had stretches where he looked better than – uh, you know, he had, he had like some stretches where he looked good, some stretches mm-hmm. where he looked terrible, kind of the, kind of the signs of a rookie that has yeah. really, uh, grown into his consistency yet. So he just turned 24, will be 24 all next season as well. And the Blackhawks signed him to that, uh, contract extension already. Yeah. So yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens with Carl yeah, Dostrom next um, season. He showed some flashes when he was paired with Connor Murphy, but outside of that, he didn't really do anything. I know the last like twenty games of the season he was yeah you know, nobody. But it was rough to see sometimes. He, yeah, he he was good those first like fifteen sixteen games there though when the Blackhawks were kind mm-hmm. of figuring it out. Yeah. So he he's shown he does he or he could have some potential. Yeah, he, he averaged eighteen thirty six ice time this year. Yeah, not, that's not that's significant for a rookie mm-hmm. in my opinion. Connor, Connor Murphy averaged nineteen and a half, so he only averaged a minute less per yeah. game than Murphy did. So, and he, he was still a plus nine. So I think, you know, if he was as bad as, you know, a lot of people say he was, he wouldn't be a plus nine averaging that. that right. Time, and so. he's nowhere near as bad I, as Brandon Manning. No, absolutely not. I, I gave Carl Dawson Yes, he is fair. That's what I had too. I, I would give him a C, nothing better, nothing worse. He was just kind of yeah. mad. So it'll, 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 we'll see what he is uh, after his rookie season. Uh, and then, uh, Someone we got to see a little bit of the rookie season of Henry Yoki Haru. We got to see 38 games of him. He also had no goals, but he did have 12 assists. Uh, he was a minus seven, but that's kind of when the Blackhawks were kind of yeah. really falling apart defensively. He had 62 shots on goal in 38 games played, so that's significant. And he averaged 19 minutes per game playing with Duncan Keith on the top pairing as an 18-year-old with strong possession he numbers. He looked really good at the beginning so, of the season with Keith. There, there's no reason he shouldn't have been playing more games no. down the stretch. I, I honestly feel like it was a mistake to send him down to Rockford, especially when there was still like that playoff atmosphere going on. The Blackhawks really could yeah. have used him, I think, down the stretch because there were times where uh, Dahlstrom, Forsling, and Cuckoo, all three of them weren't looking yeah. all that hot, and we had to play two of them, you know. So Henry Okihari should have been playing NHL games, but it is what it is. Can't can't right. change anything about it now, but. It was still impressive to see what he did as an eighteen-year-old yeah. rookie. I, I thought he had a very impressive yeah. season. Well, what grade would, would you give Yoki? I would Yoki? give him a solid B. That's what I gave him too. I gave him a solid B. I thought you know he was very impressive. Yeah. He and very blocked poised. thirty-seven shots in thirty-eight games. Yeah, he was you know average that out to a season, he'd be at the eighty to near a yeah. hundred mark, which you know what you want from your defense from uh, you know an 18 year old defenseman willing to do that at the NHL level and, says yeah, something, you know, and, yeah. he's going and to be he good. Also hit 48 guys. So that's yeah, not bad. So those are some significant numbers. He wasn't afraid to throw his yeah, weight around. Not bad. Love to see uh, Henry Yoki Haru play well on the top line with our top defense pairing with Duncan Keith. And hopefully I would, I would put them, put him there to start the season. Fair. Probably. I wouldn't mind seeing, I wouldn't mind seeing Keith Yoki Haru and Gustafson uh, Murphy as the top yeah. four to start the year, potentially. Yeah. 
I think that could be potentially okay if we have a right, you know, maybe piece down there. Maybe, you know, if we can go out and get a free agent, obviously yeah. that's better. I'd love to boost that. But that wouldn't be worst-case scenario. I would say that's an upgrade from this season, just that. I would think so, especially if Henry Okiharu continues to grow, and so does Gustafson and Murphy. They're, they're both still fairly young at yeah. least. So, yeah, I, th- I, think, I think a solid B is pretty fair for uh, Henry Okiharu. And then – absolutely. And then the last defenseman we'll talk about, Slater Cuckoo. Pending free agent, we saw 22 games of him, one goal, four assists. He was a plus four. Uh, he did only have six goals and 31 games combined this season, but he had 46 hits in 22 games as a Blackhawk and provided some solid physicality in the own zone that was much needed. And he also blocked 36 shots in those 22 games, yeah. Tony. So we did see some some good glimpses out of Slater. Cooper. Yeah, I was honestly really surprised that he was scratched as much as he was, especially late in the season. Yeah, I thought he was better than Dahlstrom uh, in the la- in the latter uh, run mm-hmm. of the season, but uh, I guess Carlton was just trying to mix it up. I guess uh, you think they're going to bring Cuckoo back? Um, I don't think so. But if it was up to me, I would. Would you bring him back over Forsling? Yes. That's a tough call for me. I don't know which way I'd go for that. I think Slater Cuckoo is more of the defenseman we need, but Gustav Forsling has the higher upside. I would say, yeah. But that upside right. could never show up also. That upside could totally be garbage. It could be a right. Fugazi. could be a Fugazi. It could be right. nothing. <laughs> yes, exactly. But uh, it's a tough call. I'm glad I'm not yeah. in charge for that yeah. one, to be honest. Um, and honestly, they both could go. They both could go too. Honestly, yeah, you can't count that out. No. Well, what what grade would you give Slater Cuckoo for those 22 games? In limited ice time, I would say a C. I gave him a C plus. I thought he was a little bit better yeah. than Dahlstrom, but but still but still average. He didn't wow you with anything yeah. he did, but at the same time, he played a strong physical stand-up game, which we yeah. kind of need more of. If they brought him back, I wouldn't I, be pissed. I would honestly think that's not a bad option, especially with all these offensive defensemen coming up. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how the Blackhawks handle that because obviously the the offense is uh, more known of all the prospects right. than the defenses. So we do need guys that can still place tough in their own zone for next season, and Cuckoo could be one of those guys yeah, very well. Yeah, he fits that role. So there you have it for the forwards and the defensemen. Interesting to see, uh, you know, how we kind of feel about the Blackhawks seasons and, uh, you know, how each guy played. Now we move on to the goaltenders here. Mm. Uh, goaltending, kind of hard to grade because the defense was <laughs> yeah. kind of piss poor all season long. The numbers are kind we'll of We'll start cute. with Corey Crawford. Exactly. We'll start, <laughs> the numbers are bad for everybody. Yeah. I, I read them and they're ugly. <laughs> Corey Crawford had 39 starts this season. He was 14, 18, and 5 with a 293 goals allowed average and a 908 save percentage with just two shutouts. Uh, basically career low numbers, but weren't really his fault, as we're yeah. saying, but we we do need him to be healthy for a full season to get like right. an accurate grade of Corey Crawford, and we unfortunately haven't been able to see that for two seasons in right. a row now. The, the positive thing is that he did play eleven more games this season than he did last season. That is a positive takeaway, and we did see him play fairly strong down the stretch. A lot of goals were not his fault. Right. Most goals were not his fault. Right, I say. he he was getting shelled each game between forty and fifty shots a game. Next year is going to be a really big season yeah. for him. It's going to tell where his career is going to go, whether he's going to you know, retire, be a Blackhawk, get an extension. This is the a contract year. It's going to be very important. 
Very important year for Corey Crawford. What grade would you give him this season? Um, yeah, Tough. I know. It's kind of hard to say in so limited time. Um, I would say B+. Plus. B plus, that's very fair. I gave him a B, but I would not. I, I think honestly, he played that well. He he could deserve a B yeah. plus very well. He he was good. He was good. I don't care what the numbers yeah, say. He you was can't good. really knock him for that defense, you know. <laughs> Absolutely, the numbers could have been a lot worse if it weren't for yeah. his efforts. Uh, and unfortunately for Cam Ward, he's kind of the guy that had those worst numbers, yeah. Tony. Uh, in in twenty nine starts, Cam Ward had uh, he did have a sixteen twelve and four record, so he was five hundred. But these numbers are brutal. He had a 367 goals allowed average and an 897 save percentage with no shutouts. So basically career low numbers for him Mm -hmm. as well. But he really, he wasn't terrible. He had a bad start. Yeah, that was really ugly in the beginning. But but he was strong when Crawford was hurt. Yeah, this team would have been in way worse shape if they didn't have Cam Ward. I do think Cam Ward's gone after yeah. the season. I think that Colin Delia is going to slide into that backup with role that next year, especially with Crawford aging. Yeah, absolutely. But I did not think Ward no. was bad this season. I, I thought it could, we could have definitely had worse options in there. What, what would you give Cam, Cam Ward? Cam Ward. Uh, well, I give Crawford a B plus. So I'll give Cam Ward. His numbers were slightly worse. So I'll give him a B minus. I gave him a B minus two. I, I thought uh, he was slightly yeah. above average. Uh, he he did his job, yeah. but the, there wasn't there wasn't much That's he could what do they with him, him the for. defense. Exactly, yeah. Kind of just be a mop, <laughs> mop up yeah. some starts for us. And then Colin Delia, he had fourteen starts for the Blackhawks this year and really uh, rose to the occasion. Had a six four and three record. Uh, he played really well, obviously in our minds, yeah. Tony. I think we could both agree on that. Colin Delia looked good. Listen to how bad his numbers were. Mm-hmm. Still, he had a three six one goal allowed average, goals allowed average, and had a, a nine oh eight save percentage. So not great, no. but he in our minds was really good. Yeah, <laughs> I think one thing shows you that kind of worked against him was that he was rotating instead of starting every day in Rockford. That is that is true, and he's only a year removed from the ECHLs. Yeah. That's crazy. To think. Yeah, last season he only played two games in the NHL. Or did he play two games? Yeah. Two games yeah, yeah, last yeah, year, he played 16 two. this year. So I think he really made an improvement since last year, though. And I think next year he's really going to come into that backup role and get towards the 25 start, start, uh, yeah, that number. Right Just an av- average backup. I think that would be realistic. Yeah. And, and then he could potentially, and, you know, that, uh, 2020 2021 season he could be the starting goaltender for the Chicago Blackhawks heading into depending on how the season goes and Crawford's health next season we may see a lot of Delia next season we we really could hopefully Corey Crawford will be healthy and playing well but at the same time Colin Delia could be you know um a hidden gem there if he does get called upon yeah and a cheap one too Absolutely. He signed a great deal. Great, great cheap deal, especially after uh, Koskinen for Ooh, yeah. the Oilers signed a so fat good. deal. Delia goes out and signs a super cheap one. So what grade would you give Colin Delia for the 2018-19 Delia, season? I would give him a B. I gave him a B as well. We were pretty much on the same mark for all goaltenders yeah. there. I thought, I, thought he, I thought he was really good and impressed, and that's obviously why he got the contract. Exactly. 
So there you have it, Blackhawks fans. We just gave grades for the uh, pretty much the roster for the entire season. That, that was that was fun, Tony. Yeah, we're we're up to damn <laughs> almost an hour twenty oh hour twenty minutes here. Probably probably should wrap this up. A here. little bit of an extended <laughs> episode this week. We had a lot of coverage. Oh well, it, it was it was it was a lot a lot of yeah. fun though. I think that's just a good wrapping up point. Uh, I think um, Blackhawks have a lot to be excited for with this off season coming up and the draft. You know, third overall pick. A lot of money coming up in this offseason. Hopefully, Stan Bowen Company leads the Blackhawks to victory. Yeah, it'll be probably one of the more interesting and fun offseasons in in recent history, I would say. It's going to uh, make or break the future of this team, and hopefully it goes in our favor. So, yeah, that's going to wrap up this episode of Talking Hockey, guys. As always, thank you to all the listeners out there. I greatly appreciate it. Make sure to follow the uh, podcast's Twitter page, which could be found at Talk Hockey on Twitter. Make sure to give Tony and me a follow on Twitter as well. Uh, give the podcast a follow on Apple Podcasts. I'll get the link out for Spotify. Uh, so some recent good news surrounding the Blackhawks has us all looking forward to the future. Couldn't be any more excited heading into this offseason, yeah. Tony. Hopefully the offseason makes it happen. Yeah, I'm Can't excited. It's, I, it's Good things are going to happen. I got my fingers crossed. Hopefully we draft well with the third overall pick and hopefully we make some big splashes this off season, Tony. Yeah. So from, from, yeah, from me and Tony, thank you so much listeners until next time, Stan Bowen company, make our defense great again. Peace out, Tony. Thank you for joining me. Thanks. See you next time.